0: Welcome to the Whitfield Report Thursday edition. I am your host, Sam Whitfield, recording here for a, uh, you know for Thursday's edition of the podcast. Sorry, uh, you know I'm doing it so late in the evening, but I uh, just figured I would post an episode for you guys uh, before the end of the day. So, hope you guys are doing well. This is an audio-only edition of the uh, podcast. And uh, I haven't done an audio-only version in a while. I've, I've been trying to uh, live stream lately more and more to get the live, uh, you know, audience interaction. But considering that YouTube, uh, you know, seems to either, uh, you know... Censor my streams from the uh, view feed or uh, just glitch out entirely. I didn't really feel like uh, dealing with that sort of thing, so I just figured to uh, podcast the old fashioned way, which is, uh, you know, simply to pull up uh, GarageBand here uh, and configure the mic settings and whatnot. And uh, do an episode for you guys the old-fashioned way. And uh, yeah, I know, uh, people who still podcast the old-fashioned way, but what can I say? I still enjoy just ranting into the microphone for you guys every once in a while. And uh, real quick, before we we begin the show, I would like to give a big shout-out to my um, mother... Whose birthday it is today So uh, Very happy birthday to you mom And uh, You know my mother is Great I happen to think she's the best mother in the world Of course uh, You know I'm a little biased Since she is my mother after all But uh, You know she's a wonderful woman And uh, I'm very glad To have her in my life And she's always been supportive of me and everything that I do whether it be you know school or uh you know boy scouts uh even this podcast she's been very supportive of even in the early days when I don't think she quite understood what I was doing with the podcast uh you know she was still supportive of me doing uh this podcast uh provided I you know wasn't making calls for violence or anything like that, which, uh, you know, I never have, but, uh, anyway, that leads us into a kind of a segue for, uh, tonight, and, uh, I'll probably cover this a little bit more on Saturday night's live show, but I do want to, uh, cover this a little bit here tonight, uh, Apparently, Twitter has decided to take action against uh, the QAnon movement, and on Tuesday, I believe it was, uh, Twitter Trust and Safety uh, took the quote-unquote bold and unprecedented action of stating that they were going to ban QAnon, related Twitter accounts, which, according to them, have been, uh, supposedly causing a danger, uh, to the online Twitter community and whatnot. Now, to be fair, folks, uh, I don't really understand what QAnon is, first and foremost, um... I wouldn't say I'm a fan of theirs, uh, but neither do I directly oppose QAnon, per se. Like I said, I mainly don't understand what QAnon is. Um, you know, it's they've kind of been online for a while now, and I, I guess the best way I can kind of explain it for those who don't really know what I'm talking about... Um, you know... I guess QAnon popped up in, like, uh, early 2017, right after Donald Trump, uh, was sworn in under under the presidency, and, uh, you know, that, like, from what I understand, QAnon is supposedly tied in, uh, to helping expose the deep state, uh, plot to, uh, you know remove trump from office and or assassinate him uh which let me be clear folks i i do believe as i've mentioned that there is a far left uh conspiracy and a deep state uh plot to uh sabotage and or remove donald trump from office i fully believe that that's you know that that has happened Uh, That's what Russiagate was all about. Basically trying to say that Donald Trump uh, tampered with the election. Uh, You know, Democrats and liberals, uh, both in politics and in the media, were trying to make Russiagate a whole big deal. And, uh, you know, there was Comey, there was... uh, you know, the, there was, uh, you know, Comey. There was uh, Adam Schiff. There was, uh, you know, of course, Mueller. I, you know, I almost blanked on Mueller's name there, but, uh, you know, there was that whole uh, crowd of people who were trying to uh, say that Trump, you know, stole the election, And, uh, you know, obviously the Clintons were in on this. Turned out uh, Russiagate was a whole big, you know, nothing burger. And Mueller finally had to admit at the beginning of, uh, you know, really at the beginning of this year, that there was no Russian collusion. And he had to admit that, you know, Russiagate was a nothing burger, essentially. Now, during that time, you know, I was saying that the whole Russiagate narrative, that the left-wing media, and, uh, you know, the politicians had spun, was, in fact, you know, part of the deep state. So, there is no question in my mind that there is a... Uh, you know, plot from the left and the media to discredit and destroy Donald Trump's presidency. Okay. With that being said, um, QAnon is a bit of an enig- uh, is a bit of an a uh, an enigma to uh, you know to me. At the very least, and to many of my listeners, I suspect, uh, no one really knows what QAnon is, whether it's a, um, you know, an actual movement of people or whether it's just an internet meme, but there are a lot of people who post QAnon quote-unquote intel uh, relating to uh, the deep state, and also... Uh, As of late, they've really been focusing on this whole uh, Jeffrey Epstein and, uh, you know, Gladstein Maxwell uh, type thing, which is what the, you know, and pedophile, uh, you know, Island and the Lolita Express. And I will say this, that some of the people who post QAnon related things have good information some of the time, uh, but by and large, QAnon seems to be completely uh, conspiratorial. So like I said, I don't really know what QAnon is. Uh, I don't really have a whole good understanding of what they are, but they generally seem to be conspiracy-oriented and kind of an internet enigma. So let me just leave it at that. Uh, with that being said, I've never seen a QAnon account, uh, you know, call for violent action against, you know, Adam Shift or, uh, you know, Comey or Mueller or, you know, any of these, uh, you know, quote-unquote, uh, you know, Democrats or, you know, even like left-wing Politicians or any of these quote-unquote deep state operatives. I've never seen a QAnon account call for violence. You know, they may post like weird hashtags like trust the plan and whatnot. But that's about it as far as I can tell. Now, why do I bring this up in particular? Well, it is because Twitter, trust and safety as I mentioned a few minutes ago, has decided to start banning QAnon accounts uh, for supposedly provoking violence and also for supposedly hacking the Twitter accounts of high profile users. Quote unquote. Which leads me to believe, right? Who are these? Uh, quote-unquote high-profile users that have gotten hacked. And what exactly is the evidence that Hunan is responsible, right? Twitter Trust and Safety um, did a whole large tweet thread about this. And uh, you know, by the time many of you guys hear this podcast, either on Thursday night, uh, well, if it's on Thursday night, you probably won't see this. But um, if you guys are listening to this episode on Friday, I will have most likely posted kind of my article uh, summarizing Twitter's, uh, you know, action, quote unquote, against QAnon-based Twitter accounts. Right? So, Twitter is supposedly blaming these QAnon accounts for hacking high profile, you know, Twitter users, which again, at this point, we don't even know what really a high profile Twitter user could be considered as now, because basically, it's relatively easy if you're on the left to get a check mark on Twitter, right? The check mark uh, you know, little verification logo doesn't mean much anymore. Um, you know, there are people verified on Twitter with less of an influence than I have, right? And I'm not even that big of a voice on Twitter Um, I'm small potato, you know, compared to some of these other, you know, conservative voices on Twitter, right? And even like the big, you know, conservative voices who are on Twitter, some of them don't even have verified check marks anymore, right? So, like I said, who are these hope? you know, high-profile users that QAnon is quote-unquote hacking, right? That's the first big question. Um, Second question here, though. What evidence uh, does Twitter have that these are QAnon-related accounts specifically? Because so far they haven't given us any evidence that these... Are QAnon-related accounts, specifically. And then, what are the threats that these QAnon accounts are making? If it's just to expose information, well, then, Anonymous has been doing that for years and years and years, and Twitter doesn't seem to make a big deal about, you know, uh, Anonymous. Right? And also, regarding threats on uh, Twitter, it is very, you know, odd, quote-unquote, and also very convenient that Twitter is going after QAnon-related accounts, which are seemingly pro-Trump, Right? And yet they continue to ignore uh, tweets from antifa and Black Lives Matter related uh, users who are actively calling for violence against conservatives and uh, eventually making threats against, you know voices like uh, Tucker Carlson saying that Rush Limbaugh should, you know... Dive cancer pretty quickly, um, you know. Saying that Milo Yiannopoulos deserves to get you know gang raped because he's a faggot, uh, you know, and even like smaller voices like myself have sometimes been harassed by Antifa, you know, people on Twitter. Yet when we yet when we report the accounts. Almost nothing happens to, you know, these uh, Antifa people. It's just freedom of speech, right? And there's no, you know, very few of these Antifa accounts ever get shut down on Twitter. Yet, QAnon posts conspiracy-related, you know, stuff which may or may not, you know, relate to anything. And, oh my god! Um, you know, QAnon is too dangerous, and they need to be shut down, and they need to be banned off Twitter completely, right? This is the mentality of uh, Twitter Trust and Safety and Jack Dorsey, that they're going to take care of, you know, QAnon, despite the fact that they have made no violent threats whatsoever here. Now, like I said, to, you know, to be honest, folks, I don't really understand what QAnon is all about. I'm sure that upon releasing this podcast, I'm going to get a whole bunch of uh, you know QAnon related uh, you know people uh, you know messaging me on Parler and maybe Twitter, and you know probably I'll probably get like a whole bunch of emails from QAnon related users. Uh, you know, in my inbox for the show and in my, you know, in my email and whatnot. Um, But, you know, to be quite honest, like I said, I don't understand. I don't understand what QAnon is. With that being said, they don't seem to be, you know, violent or anything. So the fact that they're being censored... Actively by Twitter, to me, is frightening and proves once again that Twitter is actively censoring conservative voices. Right? Uh, You know, Antifa goes and threatens conservative voices and libertarian voices. And nothing is done to them. And yet, you know, QAnon posts, you know, conspiracy theories, which may or may not be true, may or may not be false. And yet, they're dangerous to the platform and they have to go. So, there is obviously a double standard. And people love to go on this whole thing of, well, you know, Twitter is on a slippery slope when it comes to censorship. And, uh, you know, as I've titled my uh, blog post article that I'm currently writing on this very topic, uh, no, Twitter has not, Twitter is no longer on a slippery slope. They've gone over the slope and are quickly fall, falling off a clip. They're no longer on the censorship slippery slope. They've gone, you know, full-on partisan censorship, right? And this is something we saw a few years ago, too, with, uh, you know, Alex Jones, right? Uh, again, Alex Jones may or may not say some crazy shit sometimes, But it was mind-blowing to me, and I think mind-blowing to a lot of people and anyone who is pro-free speech, that Twitter and other social media platforms actively took measures to silence him on every single mainstream media platform, right? And we're seeing this again with QAnon, but it's on a much greater scale. Because this relates to anyone who has ever hosted QAnon-related content, right? Which begs the question, is this now going to extend to people who may follow QAnon-related accounts, right? Because I can tell you that there are definitely a few accounts... That I follow on Twitter. That do post QAnon info. Uh, You know I don't really pay attention to them all that actively. But you know they follow the show and they interact you know with me in the live streams. You know often so I'll follow them back. You know and like I said I don't read too much into the whole QAnon conspiracy things. I don't know how accurate they are. But just because I am, you know, somehow connected to a few of these people on Twitter or other social media platforms, this may now set present for, uh, you know, people who are just tangentially related to QAnon accounts to getting banned if they're, you know, conservative and or libertarian. I mean, heck, now if you Google... QAnon account out of curiosity or anything you may too get banned we have no idea how far this uh, you know censorship goes and it it is a very dangerous you know line that Twitter is now taking to actively censor uh, you know a group of people. Just because they may be posting conspiracies, like I said, if Twitter can give active examples of QAnon accounts actually making, you know, valid threats to people, then that's one thing. Uh, you know, threatening people is obviously not protected under free speech. But you know, even if the even if if it was hate speech that they were saying that is protected under the Constitution. And yeah, folks, I understand that Twitter is a private company that they don't abide by, you know, that they don't have to legally abide by free speech rules. But as I have said before, of all these various, uh, you know, social media platforms, it's probably a good idea that they do abide by um, these... Ah, free speech rules. At least that's how they should act. Because, like or not, social media is is basically the public square for people now. It's how we express our ideas now is online mainly, right? Especially right now in 2020 when there's, you know, COVID going on and people aren't really allowed to gather out in public, right? We are now online more than ever, by necessity, folks, whether you like or not. And it's going to be that way for the foreseeable future. So, like I said, the fact that Twitter is actively censoring QAnon accounts for no apparent reason, other than that they find their speech questionable. Is frightening to me, to me, folks, and it should be frightening to you too. And you know, obviously, you can make the argument. Well, it's a free, you know. Twitter is a private company. They have the right to do what they want, right? That is a common refrain among a lot of my libertarian friends, one that I use to, uh, you know, stand by more, you know, stand by a lot. But given what, um, you know, is going on in 2020... And really, for the last five to ten years, with Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and uh, you know Spotify and iTunes, uh, you know, pretty much owning all of the uh, monopolies for social media and basically created you know user-created independent content. You know, considering that big tech basically has a monopoly on speech production and, you know, independent media, these hosting platforms, you know, I'm a little weary of, um, you know, of big tech, you know, having such a big monopoly. And yeah, I know people say you know, well, if you don't like it, start your own platform, start your own solution. But again, a lot of these companies have monopolies. It is impossible for smaller companies to really get, get a, a hold. You know, Parler, I will say this Parler, which is kind of a Twitter alternative, has probably had the best, uh, you know, opportunity of. Uh, You know, kind of breaking the mold and having a, you know, true fighting chance against, uh, you know, Twitter. But they're just one, you know, company and they haven't been around for very long. I, you know, I think they've only been around for two years, maybe not even. And I can tell you that, you know, their operating costs are probably pretty expensive And their revenue stream, I don't think, is anywhere near towards Twitter's. In fact, I know it's not anywhere near Twitter. So they're going to have a tough time, you know, competing, you know, against Twitter. And, you know, although they run a tight ship and, you know, like... It is a free speech platform, but they, you know, they do have rules to try and keep the riffraff out, which I appreciate. You know, even so, The Verge, uh, for one, uh, and probably like, you know, BuzzFeed, a lot of the mainstream, you know, tech journals have tried to, you know, call Parler another alt-right safe haven, just like they have Gab. Right, and this is a uh, you know continued problem, right? Because smaller independent you know social media platforms that do allow you know kind of like conservative and right leaning voices are constantly attacked by you know big tech media and uh, you know slandered as being all right somehow. And I'm not complaining, but it's just a you know a fact of life, so, you know conservative tech leaders are constantly, you know, under attack, right? And it's just something that they have to deal with. Meanwhile, you know, Twitter is you know, basically in control of one of the most influential spheres, you know, of communication, which is Twitter, Twitter is now, you know, even Jack Dorsey admits that Twitter influences election now. And so that is, you know, to some people that is very scary, Uh, on both the left and the right. Now, it's funny because, you know, the left allows to claim that, you know, Trump used Twitter to win the election and to influence people over to his side. And that may be true, right? But the Dems are using the same exact thing. So... I'm not necessarily calling for the government to regulate Twitter, you know, fully as a platform to, you know, the full extent of their length. But basically, as I have said before, Twitter and other social media platforms need to be regulated in the sense that they have to decide whether or not they either want to be considered, you know, publishers Of content and be able to, uh, you know, choose who can and cannot speak, or they should be required to, uh, you know, uh, determine if they're going to be, uh, you know, platforms as opposed to publishers. Well, then, you know, that will protect them from any you know, wrongdoing, but that means that they should also have everyone allowed on the platform, regardless of, you know, ideology, and, you know, it should be a free-for-all, basically, and, yeah, that may mean that you get hate speech, but, by and large, the neo-Nazis And, you know, the KKK and, you know, all these various hate groups that the left, uh, you know, proclaims that the right wing is made up of, that, you know, and that somehow, you know, also libertarians are hateful too. Whenever these, you know, hate groups, and they are legitimate hate groups, get confronted by, you know, average, you know, ordinary conservatives and libertarians and really, you know, liberty-loving people, right? We condemn hate speech. We condemn hatred, conservatives do, and libertarians do. So when actual, you know, Nazis like Richard Spencer say, you know, weird stuff and hateful comments... We tend to speak out against them pretty strongly. Conservatives do a pretty good job, I would say, and, you know, as do libertarians, of keeping an eye on our own ranks and making sure that the riffraff, you know, stays out for all intents and purposes. Yeah, you know... You may get a Richard Spencer or a Nick Fuentes, uh, you know, or an Owen Benjamin in, in the mix, like every once in a while, who is, you know, out there on the fringe. But, you know, by and large, conservatives tend to say that, oh, you know, we don't agree and we don't condone, you know, these, uh, you know, opinions and. You know, we're proud to be Americans. We want all people to, uh, you know, succeed in America. We want everyone to do well. You know, liberty should be for everyone in in this country. That is what most, you know, mostly all conservatives believe and mostly all libertarians believe. You know, and the fringe doesn't get a lot of attention from us by and large. And yet, you know, Jack Dorsey and the Twitter team are obsessed with painting us all as radicals. It is really bizarre and quite honestly, you know, sad to see. We're used to it by now, but still that doesn't make it any easier that this is the case. Right? And furthermore... I would argue that, you know, having these discussions, you know, on, uh, you know, Twitter, right? Like, if, if Twitter weren't as invasive, right, in censoring people's voices, if we could actually have a dialogue you know, with some of these more radical voices. You know, we may... You know... Okay, like, for example, there was a story of about 10 years ago, so probably back in, like, 2007 or 2008, there's actually a story, and I think was actually Joe Rogan who brought this up, there used to be a uh, a woman. I can't remember this lady's name off the top of my head, but long story short, she was a Westboro Baptist Church activist. Right? She was she was raised in the Westboro Baptist Church, and she was also, uh, you know. She was raised in the in the Westboro Baptist Church. She pre, you know, she embraced their doctrine fully since she was raised in the church, and uh, you know practiced it for the vast majority of her adult life. And then she got a Twitter account and started, you know, spreading her message. Of hate on the platform, and there were gay people and black people who, you know, tweeted her back and, uh, you know, challenged her rhetoric, challenged her hateful ideas, right? And actually started a dialogue with her about these various you know, things regarding, uh, you know, God hates fags and, uh, you know, other statements she had made. Right? So her doctrine was challenged and she was presented with another, you know, viewpoint, another side. And over time, through these Twitter conversations, she ended up, I think within like a year or two, basically being de radicalized and then ended up renouncing the K the uh the Westboro Baptist Church and now actively seeks to de radicalize others from the Westboro Baptist Church. And I'm sorry, folks, I wish I could remember you know, her name and the specific story of this. Um, Like I said, I'm just kind of doing tonight's podcast riffing here on the fly. But, you know, this is an example, a prime example of a, you know, of a hateful person being de-radicalized. Um, and it just goes to show that when people are allowed to have a dialogue and truly communicate with each other, yeah, some nasty and mean things might get said at first. And yeah, you know, being bullied online sucks. And, you know, it's not for everyone. If, like, if you're being harassed, actively block people. If you're being threatened, by all means, report them for that stuff. I'm, I'm not saying, folks, to be clear, I'm not saying that, like, active death threats and whatnot should be allowed. But disagreeing with someone of the, of, you know, different ideological persuasions should be allowed, and because that discussion, you know, and various different types of ideologies should be allowed on Twitter, even if we do find them repugnant, and on other social media platforms, having dialogues is how we build common ground with each other, even if we disagree at first. You know, so you might not understand what QAnon is. I might not understand what QAnon is. Like I said, they don't seem radical, you know, in terms of, like, threatening people. But rather than silence them, you know, they should be allowed to speak. And this is, once again, a dangerous, uh, you know, precedent that is being set. And like I pointed out a few years ago... I don't like the fact that, you know, that Alex Jones always spreads conspiracies, but I don't think he's the worst, you know, guy out there either. Um, You know, I think by and large, Alex, you know, says some crazy stuff, but sometimes he is right on money about some things. Regardless of that, I think he should still be on iTunes and on YouTube, And all these various platforms that he's been kicked out of. Because the only antidote to hate speech, right, is more free speech. And, you know, spreading the message of liberty and freedom... That's how we promote liberty and conservative and libertarian values. That's how we promote American greatness. And the fact that, you know, yeah, although the government might be flawed, America in and of itself is a great country and a great nation. So yeah, the 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 QAnon uh you know, thing, folks, with people being censored, that really does bother me, and it's unfortunate that it's happening. Uh, And this continues to be, you know, a problem with Twitter and them censoring conservative voices while simultaneously leaving, you know, Antifa and Black Lives Matter, who have made active threats against people alone. And we will cover this more on Thursday... Uh, but in the meantime, I just wanted to uh, you know share this with you guys, and uh, you know give my fun, give some of my initial thoughts to this whole story on Thursday, and uh, I'll cover it more on Saturday's live stream show, and uh, maybe getting a couple guests on to talk about this uh, issue, and then as always, I will be uh, on versus Media's show starting at around 11 p.m on Saturday night day night to talk about this as well. Uh, so folks that's all I have for you today but thanks for uh, listening to this uh, you know podcast wherever you are in the past present future hour and uh, as always you can follow me on Twitter at samday DC on Instagram at someday DC. Don't forget to follow me on Parler and Gab at Sam Whitfield. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash the Whitfield Report. Subscribe to the YouTube channel for the live stream. Uh, YouTube.com forward slash Whitfield Report. DLiveTV.com forward slash Whitfield Report for the DLive channel. Um, If you're on... You know iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Please give this a five star rating and review. If you're on Spotify, please share this with your you know friends and family. Uh, TheSandwichField.com for all your uh, you know needs. Like I said, I will have a blog post up on Friday. Uh, you know for you guys to read some of my thoughts on this subject, uh, and I have recently redone the uh you know the website a little bit and clean that up so the wayfields report actually has a dedicated uh page on the website now so feel free to go and check that out again the com is my website address and that's also where you can uh you know get a hold of me directly if you need to and uh yeah folks without further ado that'll be the show for tonight Uh, Thursday night like I said uh, thanks for listening and uh, from all of us here at NGC Studios God bless you God bless America Uh, God freedom I can see in that order as my friend Mr. John near I like to say and I will see you guys for the live show on Saturday night folks 10pm Eastern on uh, YouTube and uh, you know We'll have a good time, then. So, anyway, thanks for tuning in, and, uh, you know, God bless. And uh, I'll see you folks later, folks. Have a good evening.